three, three, two, two, one. It's time for the show. Action. You're listening to the It's My Time podcast, a recording of the experiences past and present of everyday people. And now, here's your host, the one and only, Asher, Asher Chua. Hey, welcome to the podcast, Dr. Nehemiah. Of course, man. Thank you for having me. This is a this is a honor and a privilege. Thank you. Um, one one thing I know we were just chatting a little bit offline, but um, yeah, to kind of let the people know who you are, a question. One of the two questions I'm asking this year is, who do you say you are? Who do I say I am? Wow. Who do I say I am? So I would say that I am a creative inspirer. I like to say that because um, those are two things that are pretty much at the core of, you know, what I'm drawn to, right? Being creative and by creative mean the methods in which things are communicated, the methods and the forms in which things are presented, are viewed, are thought about has always really got me. And I've always gravitated toward that in terms of what I do creatively. And then inspiration, right? I think there's something inspiring about inspiring. It's a saying I always give, and that is really how I get my fuel. You know, when I can see that people are encouraged to become the best version of themselves, it encourages me to become the best version of myself. And it sort of forms that, that symbiotic loop. So a creative inspirer is what I'll go with. Um, but yeah, of course, I'm an engineer by trade and <laughs> business owner, entrepreneur, and all those things. Father, husband, you know. <laughs> awesome. It's funny um, when I when I was thinking of how we met, we were just chat, talking about the prayer line, and it's like yeah. I, I met you or I learned about you through um, BK doing this interview series. Like every Thursday, he would um, basically do a feature for about an hour where you highlight one of the men on the prayer line and kind mm-hmm. of give us like a nice background researched up on this is who this person is, here's what they do, and I just found it cool to meet someone that's in the similar space as me like i stru- studied structural engineering yeah going to college but i didn't go the route of of continuing on to graduate school and and getting the masters to get the title of doctor as yourself but i'm curious to know um what got you into engineering or civil engineering for that matter and then leading all the way up to structures and doing what you do now on a daily basis yeah, yeah. Well, first, let me say, I remember you on the prayer line before I did that spotlight, asking people if they had any ideas on how to start a podcast. Like, I literally remember you asking that. And oh, so wow. here's the podcast <laughs> that you actually have started and been doing for a while now that I'm honored to be a guest on. But I remember, you know, how like a lot of us can sit on mute and just kind of listen yeah. to up. <laughs> like, I vividly remember you, Asher, saying, yeah, I'm trying to start a podcast. Here's what I'm looking to do. And uh, anybody have any ideas about how to start? And, you know, people were giving their advice. So it's just nice to see that you you're actually doing you apply that. And that was that was that was a while ago. So, yeah, I just wonder that, you know, that I don't know if you knew man, that. I um, appreciate that. That's it'll be two years in October. Yeah. Yeah, man. man. So it had to be over two years ago that that happened. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, engineering. So for me, engineering, um, I never knew what it was literally growing up until about my 11th grade year. Um, I heard the word before my dad actually studied engineering, um, but didn't finish his degree originally. Um, because he went into another career field 
And when I asked him or when he asked me, rather, you know what I want to do when I grow up, he suggested it to me. And that was the first time I actually began to think about it. And, you know, when your parents suggest something to you, sometimes it's like, oh, you always want me to do something. Uh, you know, yeah. Uh, but I was actually fortunate enough to that summer, 11th grade in high school, uh, land an internship at NASA. Mm. And so it was this little apprenticeship for about 10 weeks, went out to Marshall Space Flight Center and I got to see everything. My eyes were open. It's like, wow. man, engineering is a pretty expensive uh, career field. And it also had elements that I enjoy. Right. It had the creativity. It had the, you know, the math and the science, which I never really had much of a problem with. Mm-hmm. And it had like just a number of things. That I was like, I-, I can see myself doing this. I can see myself doing this. And so that was really like what hooked me into engineering. When it came to structural engineering, civil in particular, that's where my desire to be interfacing with people came in as well. Right. Because you got engineering jobs or careers where you can spend your entire day behind the computer. You know, there are some where you can spend your entire day, you know, not interacting with people. And so I wanted to really see and have an impact on, on the lives. I'm not saying that it's the only one, but because right. civil engineering has such an impact, infrastructure is such an embedded part of our society. I really wanted to have that aspect. And so that's when I started veering towards, you know, structures, bridge design, things of that nature. Gotcha. Man, that, that's amazing. I, it's funny. You, I feel like we, we kind of got exposed to engineering in a similar way, like being exposed to it before college and kind of yeah. had an idea like, hmm, that, that looks interesting. Like for me, I, I saw it a little bit in high school where you had like the um, technical classes you could take where they were uh, like in our school system in Georgia, they have a thing where you can have like the regular degree or the dual seal degree. So you can mm-hmm. have like a technical education where you do like either videography, uh, t-shirt, graphic design. That's what okay. it is. There Woodworking, um, things that you can do with ro- robotics in a sense, or we, we had it to where people could make uh, like they had the 3D printers back in the day where it's like you could make a race car out of it yeah. or you learn how to use rivet. AutoCAD, Inventor, all those like design softwares and being able to create something on a computer and then have it kind of made in real life was was very, it was interesting. And like you say, taking the math, that didn't come into it right at the fact, but just having, being able to have fun at school was something that kind of drew me to engineering to where I was like, okay, we can do this. And Totally, totally. Seeing your, seeing an idea come to life is something just wonderful about that experience. Yeah. That's awesome. And um, the the other thing that I've been impressed by you, like seeing you from a distance, like I think one of the things that caught my attention with Skim Media was like seeing the the logo. And I think yeah. maybe I told you one time I was like, I remember it's either our senior year or something, we were trying to come up with a t-shirt design. They put the idea out. Somebody came up with a design and it, it wasn't like the best looking thing, but that person tried and everybody else that didn't try was like critiquing it, like, <laughs> oh, you should have done this. You should have yeah, done that. Man. It's like, where were you at when I was well, putting right, this? Right, when we were creating <laughs> yeah. it. Like, you know right. what I mean? Like, it's, everybody, anybody can critique. Not everybody can create. Nah. Well, I thank you, man. You can see it in the back. Now, that's, I just want the viewers to know that this is flipped right mm, now, right? right like, right. that's the STEM Media logo I believe you're referring to. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, it, it, was, it was an original idea of mine I had, like, when I started a company, I was in grad school and I wanted an outlet to creatively inspire people. 
Mm-hmm. Again, utilizing some of my other gifts um, outside of the lab, outside of the, the classroom, right. uh, public speaking, you know, uh, videography, uh, you know, even music. Right. And yeah. so STEM media was my early idea of what they call STEAM now, really. Science, technology, engineering, arts and math. And it wasn't really STEAM, but I was like, all right, if I can combine the media, which is a means of communication with mm-hmm. STEM, which I was aware of, you know, I'll get STEM media. So using these mathematical symbols, you know, the integral sound, the yeah. tau, which we use for a number of things, including shear stress in engineering, yep. Yep. Uh, sigma, which we use for um, strain, right? We use like for a couple of things. And then the M, right? M is also used for moments and things like that inside inside of uh, engineering specifically. And so, yeah, there's just that embedded uh, reference there in the logo. So I appreciate you picked up that on that, man. Not everybody <laughs> picked up on that. You got you to right. know a thing or two about it. <laughs> right. I pick up on it. It's it's funny because I, I guess when I pick up on it, I I went the route of like go to school and I enjoyed the coursework so much, but I felt like I was getting so much theory. And yeah. then I went out and I spent maybe like a good six years out of college doing um construction work. So I, I've gotcha. focused a little bit more on the application. Again, mm-hmm. being able to deal with people and not just sitting there doing 11 pages of homework to solve one problem uh, <laughs> that you later find out you can just hit a button on a computer and in 11 seconds it solves it and it's it, like it runs it for you boom right. yeah it's like did, did i just waste my life but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. um being able to pick up on that i guess it's like the the intellectual side of me or the nerd side of me that i, yeah, I can man. still appreciate so like i've been flirting with the idea of do I need to go back and do my PE license? But as I've been working on doing the podcast, have you seen, as you mentioned, and like kind of coming into my own and identifying who I am, like Mm -hmm. this, like you had before having that creative outlet, I felt like I needed to create this and do a lot of um, personal work and personal development to understand like, okay, this is how I exist outside of a job title and outside of like that. So whenever you mention like having the A in there for the arts, that that's, um, it's not uncommon, but it's something that I appreciate seeing it from your perspective where Mm -hmm. art was something that you valued. Like, I didn't know this about you before, but I saw you posted something where you, um, you, did theater before like you acted before and and that was something where the people that i saw do best in engineering they had those creative outlets where they could interact and it's not just like the pocket protector nerd where it's just like you don't have a life you don't have anything it's like you made you you found a way to like make a life within what other people might be like oh like an engineer, what's that? What's that yeah. mean? Or what, like, what does that look like? And you guys came out with, this is what STEM looks like. This sure. is what You got a shirt, man. So shout out to you for supporting that. Yeah, it's all about that, man. I think STEM media was intentionally created to show that image because I knew I was that type of person and I, I knew I wasn't the only one. But, you know, by looking around my classroom, going to school, I didn't see many people that like identified with in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it almost felt like people were trying to fit the mode of what an engineer looks like as opposed to being themselves as an engineer. Right. Um, and things have changed, honestly, lately since since I started the company, Stem Media, to now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen just so many people 
the numbers statistically still have a long way to go, but I've been able to identify so many people who are, you know, unapologetically into dance, unapologetically into, um, you know, acting theater, unapologetically black, right. Or Latinx, yeah. right. Unapologetically <laughs> who they are. And, and, um, but yet, and still have that, that technical intelligence that is necessary to solve, you know, a lot of our grand challenges. And so STEM media is really on a mission to elevate and empower um, traditionally underrepresented people in STEM, right? Mm -hmm. um, particularly. And to do so in a way that presents personal development, which you talked about earlier, that presents, that presents you know, mentorships and advice, uh, that presents events and videos and, and courses even in a yeah. non-traditional form that allows someone to really tap into their genius. Right. And so right. when we talk about genius, I'll even say that one sign or one element of genius, in my opinion, is being able to find the connection between the seemingly unrelated. Right. Like, how can I view uh, this this mathematical concept as a role I'm playing on stage? Right. Mm -hmm. Or how can I understand this trigonomic uh, function or this trigonomic theorem or whatever? Right. As a even spiritual principle that I believe in, in my faith, right? Like how yeah. can I find these connections and being able to see those connections do a number of things. One, it, it helps to simplify it in terms of learning it. Like it sticks in my mind much better, mm -hmm. but the other thing it does, it allows you to see greater possibilities when it comes to innovation, right? right. So that's just one of the elements I believe that is of genius. And so one of the early, early taglines of STEM media was when technical intelligence meet creative genius right that's where that's where great things happen so uh yeah i resonate with that very very strongly man i like that i like that the uh so you you started stem media in grad school yes sir and you've been doing it since so how many how many years is that man we're talking about eight nine years now uh nice. 2012 i was a PhD student it started as me entering into a video contest that was designed to inspire uh, engineering students to stay with it. Mm -hmm. It was a national en engineering video contest. And I said, oh, it's a video contest. Here's an opportunity for me to combine the two, right? Combine right. what I did on stage and my creative way of presenting stories with engineering. And a lot of people in the contest did like talking head videos, which, yeah. you know, there's a place for that. And they just kind of say, hey, I'm doing engineering. Here's why I'm da 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 I was like, no, actually, this is what I'm about to do. I'm about to make a Nike. I'm about to make a, a, a Gatorade commercial for engineering. Like I'm about to make a Nike. Just do it. Engineer. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like literally I was the only one that I know of in that contest that had anything like, no, I know that for a fact because they had finalists and I was right. the only one that wasn't like a talking head. Mm. Um, and now you see stuff like this all the time. But that right. was like sort of the uh, my edge. Yeah. I got the attention. So I won that contest. It was like on MTV. They played it on MTV. Facebook awesome. got a hold of it. Intel was actually the driver sponsor. And um, yeah, from there on, it was just like, let me keep doing this. Right. And then other people start asking, can you help me do this for my after school program or for my class? Like, mm. and so it just kind of grew from there. That's amazing. I, <laughs> I guess I, I'm, I'm curious, how did you find time like with engineering work to do like to continue being creative to be in like, because I'm guessing you were in clubs like, yeah. Did you participate in um, fraternities or just like the American Societies of Engineering group, like those different things? Like, how, yeah, I how was did in you Nesby. Get that in? 
Okay. Yeah, yeah. National Society of Black Engineers. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't pledge any fraternities actually, okay. but I was in like other student organizations. I did inter- intramurals sports. Yeah. Yep. Right. <laughs> and then, and then of course, then there's you know I I I um go to church every Saturday. So Saturdays were also my day of rest. Never you know worked on those days, and so it really was like a flexible kind of thing. And you know, honestly, man, before you're you're married with kids, you can kind of like flex your time a whole lot. Yeah. <laughs> And so I really took advantage of that. I remember in grad school, it was one of those things where I didn't want to give my advisor the impression I wasn't serious about my research. Mm -hmm. And so like, I kind of had to keep it covert. Mm. Maybe I didn't have to, but I felt like I had to Right. (laughs) for a while, you know, running and doing the event and then going to the lab. And then some days I would go into the lab late. Yeah. I was editing the video or whatever it may be. Um, But yeah, just over time, man, you know, it was helpful that after I got married, you know, my wife is very, very supportive. And so she's been able to really support when it comes to like flexing time with, you know, our, our daughters and things like that. And then there's just, you know, it's one of those things where it's like it's never easy. Right. So if you expect in life to just kind of here you go. Right. You know, that's not going to happen. But, um, you know, that drive and that passion is really what causes you to have to find find the time and the energy and the resources needed to, to continue something. Awesome. Man, the the um I'm I like how how you said that and how you tied that up, but I like it more so coming from you because it, it's one thing to to say something, but it's another thing to actually be able to do it and mm-hmm. put it in practice, make it practical because it's like um <laughs> for some reason I, I just thought back to a time I was, it was either my, it was my last year of college and I was getting ready to graduate. And I think we were taking a class together with, um, like one of those classes that you can take with underclassmen. And one person asked me once, she's like, man, this is hard. It's like, does it get any easier? And I was like, to tell you the truth, no, (laughs) it gets harder, but you like it more because you learn to enjoy the things that you're doing. You, you get to yeah. have more of the, you learn to appreciate what you're doing because you're like, Oh no, this is what I signed up for. Like we got right. all the basic stuff out of the way, but now it's like, I'm focusing on what matters to me. If you're environmental, you're taking those air pollution courses, you're figuring out maybe even getting out into the field. You're trying to get right. an internship and you know, okay, now, this is what we said in the classroom, but here's how it actually works in practice. Right. And um, if I'm not mistaken, you're a bridge engineer, correct? Yeah, bridge design. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So you you both design and inspect them. Design, expre- inspect, analyze is a mm-hmm. big part of it too. You gotcha. Know? So yeah, that's amazing. That yeah. is that is that um, something you you wanted to do like from the get-go or is that something that as you looked into it you're like i can i can work with that yeah yeah that not from the get-go but as i learned more because again like when i first was like engineering okay i learned what that was did nasa i was in aerospace engineering then i said okay mm-hmm. i want to be something that i can at least drive by and point to and see how it's impacting society and people's lives so right civil engineering is where i went but i was thinking architectural engineering still i was thinking like okay buildings Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't really cross my mind until later on, until I got into my research. Really, I would say in my PhD program, mm-hmm. that bridges was a huge part. And now it was like night and day. 
It's always wow. been night and day, but I just didn't see it as night and day. Like a career in designing buildings, yeah, it's actually quite different than the career in designing bridges. Mm. And I went the bridge route because we call bridges like horizontal structures. Yeah. Right. And we call buildings vertical structures. Right. Right. And we have totally different sets of um um like codes and, and regulations that really govern it. Um, we're looking at vehicles, right? Trucks and stuff. Those are our way, you know, our weights and our loads. Buildings are looking at a random uh, AC unit or like people, right? Or right. furniture, right? They're just different things that we're considering. Um, but nevertheless, the principles are the same, right? The principles are the same. Right. Choosing material, choosing a ge geometric shape of that material mm -hmm. that is properly designed or properly situated so that it can resist whatever weight and loads that the building is going to have to experience or the bridge is going to have to experience. So that's the concepts are the same, but to be very honest with you in practice, we use two different softwares. Like it's just right. really two different, two different career paths. And it seems like night and day to me now that I'm in it. Yeah. I, I guess that, that's the thing where whenever you first mentioned the NASA internship, I was like, cool. <laughs> but, but then <laughs> I was like, something's not clicking. It's like, okay, you went aerospace first and then you yeah. gravitated towards civil engineering. That makes yes, sense. Yes. Gotcha. And my degrees were always in civil, even when I was doing NASA, I was studying civil engineering. Mm. Um, but what happened was the technology, the type of research yeah. that was applied to aerospace structures mm -hmm. could also be applied to civil structures. And so when I decided to go and get a PhD, mm -hmm. I intentionally looked for a program and engaged myself in research mm -hmm. that applied similar technologies from the aerospace industry yeah. to bridges. Okay. And so that's how I got further along because the aerospace, if I if I'm just being honest, particularly NASA space exploration, yeah. they're usually on the cutting edge. And that, yeah. that's one of the things people don't don't really realize. Like they're really doing things to try to like, you know, go where no man has gone before. Right. That we haven't even gotten to yet when it came to designing bridges or buildings. Right. And so we eventually right. like right. kept up. And so I kind of felt like I was ahead of the curve because I'm over here studying NASA technology. Right. And then I'm coming on here and, hey, let me tell y'all something civil. You know what? We can put this on bridge. And they're like, oh, okay. You know, it didn't exactly go like that. But it's right. like, it's not, as, it's not as matured in this industry as it is in that industry. And right. that gave me, really gave me room to really carve out my space as a, as, as a uh, doctoral student. Gotcha. That, that makes sense because I heard, um, excuse my voice. The, um, yeah. one, one of the, the, how do you say like VP top dog managers in the company that I work with before? Um, I think I left 2019, like summer 2019, but one of the, the top guys he'd came, come by because we did like an acquisition and they came from the other company. Basically, I think they basically bought us out, but they, we were like, Oh, it's a merger. Uh -huh. But anyway, anyways, one of the things that he said was like, a big thing in construction or like civil engineering for that matter is that like the technology is very like backwards or it's like, yeah, obviously you, you see a, an iPhone or you see like anything in aerospace or anything that's like mechanically made. It's more advanced than what it is that you'd see with like steel concrete. Yeah. Rebar. That's, like we use like facts. the basic, the basic, basic wood, of course, masonry, but do you think it has anything to do with like the type of people in the industry, whether they be 
the people that are working to do the job or the people in leadership where it's like, are they not willing to accept the new technology or is it, it's not really necessary for what's being done? That is a really good thoughtful working question. And I'm glad you asked it because I, I can explore that a little bit. So innovation moves very, very slowly in civil engineering. And the reason why is because everything we built is a prototype. Like the bridge you build, it's not like you can build a bridge, test it, build another bridge, test it, just keep building bridges to test it. Mm-hmm. No, literally your first one that you build is the prototype. And guess what? It's also the one that you're going to be using. So there's a lot of, and here's one of the biggest factors. There's a lot of regulation that goes into making sure that thing is safe for the public. Right. And so in order to make sure it's safe for the public, people are going to be inclined to use things that we already know to be tried and true. Like, can you believe it? There was a time not that long ago, decades wise, where steel, people were afraid to build bridges out of steel because it was new, right? Like, no, man, I don't know about steel. These stones are working pretty good right now, right? Right. And so it's one of those things where it's like, hey, we need to build a bridge. Are we going, and we know that this bridge carries this much traffic a day. Are we going to go with steel and concrete, which we've seen work for years and years and years and years? Or we're going to go for this new material that it could be lighter. It could be stronger. Who knows? But mm, who's going to take that risk? Not me. You know, so it's almost like the industry itself lends itself for people to stay more conservative in their approaches to things. And then there's no like there's really no penalty for right. playing it safe. Right. You still get the job. You still get yeah. the contract. You still get paid. And so that I feel it's though creates a more conservatively minded person because at the end of the day the last thing we want is what happened down in miami to be for our design right you know what i'm saying right right and so it moves very innovation moves very very slowly it takes a few brave people to try it on some small stuff here and there da, 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 da. Yeah. But people don't gain confidence until like several decades to be honest with you True. with a certain certain approach certain technology and so that's what it is i would say um it's just right. the, it's not it's not <laughs> it's not as rewarding to a person to try to be innovative as would like say consumer electronics would be. Right, oh, you right. definitely you about <laughs> to get most of the money if you can come out with the best iPhone. Everybody's right. like, yo, let's do it. Even if the joint catch on fire a few times, you can make a couple of more or tweak it. You know what I mean? Right. right. But it's like just send them all down? back. We'll send you new ones. No problem. Oh, man. Exactly. Let a bridge fall down. Oh, that's your that's your career. Right. Like, boom. <laughs> it's a wrap. It yeah. may be the end of the company as you know it. You know what I mean? So right. that man, that's a that's a great point. Like one thing, um, a friend of mine that I, I work with uh for about I think four years. He he was there five years at the, the nuclear project in in um East Georgia, Augusta. It's uh yeah, around Augusta, Georgia. Okay. I think that project that project is wrapping up now, but I interviewed him earlier on episode 42. And one of the things that he developed in his company, Alpha Omega, um, I'm going to mess up the name, but um, one of the things that he developed with his team is something called lead lock. And you would think this would have already been made, but it's sometimes it's not like this big thing that you have to make, but something small and simple. And essentially what it is, it's like a locking mechanism. I think they may have something if you go in like Home Depot where you could lock um, the the ends of electrical wires. But this essentially you use it for leads, which are like the plugins that you use to weld. And the the reason why it's important, why it's valuable is that 
a lot of times on these big projects where you've got a string um, cords, extension cords, uh, welding lines, um, air hoses, different things like that. You've got to stretch these things out for over like hundreds of yards, sometimes even a thousand yards. If it's like a long distance, you've got a confined space you have to work in. Yeah. So other teams, they might find it more convenient to use your stuff that you've neatly organized instead of getting theirs. Their own. So, <laughs> right. Instead of getting their own or instead of taking the one hour, or three hours that it took you to do that. Yeah. So what this does, it allows you to lock in place your lead once it's like you join it here you put a lock on it with a combination to where ah. nobody else can come there and cut your leads apart so that huh. way it would save you hours from having to walk around every single day because it was maybe like minimum three hours a day spent out of a 10 12 hour work day chasing down lead wires sourcing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and that's like <laughs> easily millions of dollars throughout the year that the company the client could be saving and like I th i'll have to check in with them now and see how things are post covid because they literally launched it at the start of the pandemic and it was like oh crap that we couldn't have really planned that any worse but right. it's like <laughs> now we have the opportunity of sitting in front of people and i was mm -hmm. like wow it's some it's something amazing to see that an idea came out of a pain point that you were able to witness um, from a supervisor's perspective, working with guys in the field for five years at a time. And you're constantly having this complaint of like, hey, every time I go to do my job, I've got somebody else taking my stuff. Is there any way to keep it where I left it? And mm -hmm. them coming up with that, seeing the application of it, they've got uh, videos and things like that on their website. It's like, wow, okay, it's possible, like to your point, but it it requires like more the willingness to be able yeah. to say like, okay, we're not taking like a quantum leap, but yeah. like we're we're making a little step that's going to make a huge difference. Like, you want to save money? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I want. I don't want to have this much money wasted here because guys are not working. Like the four hours that you can actually get out of the work day but it's yeah. like that that was something something amazing i thought you might appreciate that yeah for sure no that, that makes a lot of sense though elite locking is, is a brilliant idea sorry about that but no yeah, no I it's get still it. i'm still dealing with it a little bit but something i told myself even doing like in doing the podcast and wanting to stay consistent find a way to um say say yes to the things that are like a necessity in life it's like yeah. just finding a way to power through and um even today just doing the daily read i was like it might be late in the day but do it edit it put it out just yeah. to let myself know this is getting done and that that's important but before i let you go um i've got two questions to ask what's something that you gained from 2020 Oh, great question. What did I gain for uh gain for 2020? Well, one thing I gained for sure was a reminder, refocus, recommitment to to my calling, my vision. The thing is, man, you can get an idea, you can feel very called to doing something. For me, it was taking STEM media to the next level, right? 
making engineering something that I began to do more as an on-call part-time basis and really start focusing on inspiring people beyond just my career, people who are like me out there. Right. And, um, I, I, I knew I wanted to do that for a while. However, you can get comfortable, right? You can get comfortable, whether it's the paycheck, whether it's the routine, whether it's just the fact that you know how to do what you're currently doing. And I don't know how to do the thing that I know I'm supposed to be doing. Um, all that, man, starts to like get you set it there. And it got me set it there. And it wasn't until things got shaken up a bit in 2020, you know, the working from home. And I tell you this, Asher, when people were talking about how bored they were, that wasn't the case for me, man. We were doing <laughs> the most work I had ever done. I'm talking about 60 plus hours a week from home. And then at home, you don't have an excuse. Like, oh, I got to go home. I don't have access. No, no, you have access. So I'm literally working through the night um, on certain things. We're, uh, I don't know if you noticed, but construction projects actually accelerated a little bit because people weren't driving, people mm -hmm. weren't doing things. And I wasn't working on a brand new project, but what I was doing was a lot of like analysis and load rating of bridges. Mm -hmm. um, and so all that, man, I'm talking about all through the night. And I'm like, this, this is not it. This is not what I'm supposed to be doing. And so it got me just rethinking about, you know, what my career goals were, what are the things I want to accomplish? And so I gained a refocus mm. to what my career vision and goal uh, was. So that's one thing without a doubt. Awesome. The second thing I would say that I gained from 2020 is um, an appreciation. I'm still gaining this, to be honest with you, appreciation for rest, right? Because, you, you know, you're working hard, but rest is very, very important. And, you know, I think we're starting to come to our senses now a little bit that like nobody can go nonstop 24 seven. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can go, you can go pretty hard. And, and I think you do when you're pursuing something, but mm -hmm. 24 seven nonstop working, it's just not possible. Yeah. Um, if it's possible, it's only possible for a very short time. Mm -hmm. And so I've learned that it is important for you to take time to rest, take time, spend time with family. It is time press possible to even on the days of rest, to not try to do too much, right? Yeah. They're just things like that that became um, more and more clear for me, uh, particularly throughout this last, you know, year and a half of, of, of COVID, you know? <laughs> yeah. So that's something I would say. Awesome. Man, that, that's amazing, Doc. Like, yeah. Whew, I think that rest is is so essential. That, that's been my my one thing my one focus for this year has just been like if there's anything that that's going to interrupt my rest it's got to go it's like you got to yeah. cut it but yeah. um let people know where they can find you and um how they can support the stem media movement absolutely so me nehemiahmabry.com you can check me out i definitely take uh inquiries for speaking engagements i do a number of those things um but stem media in particular we have STEM Media, S-T-E-M-E-D-I-A, just like that, but only <laughs> backwards, uh, .org, which tells us you about the organization. And then STEMmedia.com is actually our beta streaming platform. So we have a streaming platform where we offer webinars, on-demand video, uh, courses, podcasts, uh, like this great one right here, that allow you to learn more about different STEM fields, empower you with guidance and insight and advice to uh, better pursue your goals. Um, as well as just opportunity to build a community and network with other people in a similar situation as you. So I would encourage people to go there, sign up, it's a 30 day free trial, become part of our community. Um, and yeah, yeah, that, that's what I'll leave. Social media, of course, we're on there. Just type in the name 
but that's that's what I'll start stop with right now. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I appreciate this time to catch up with you and I'll definitely be in touch because I, I feel like I, I need to uh, either ask you for a consultation or just spend <laughs> a little bit more time catching up. I'll sure. I'll see about being on the prayer line uh, tomorrow morning. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, well, thank you for having me, Asher. Again, like I know this has been um, something we, we touched bases about a while ago, but I'm so glad we finally get to make it happen. And um, yeah, man, thank you for thank you for just following up too. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Have yeah. a good day. All right, you too. Bye.